0: Brought to you by
1: the Ad Council. This is
3: Mayor Sheldon Neely and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to be talking about uh, a new book that's supposed to drop, as they say, in September um, called Non-Toxic Guide to Living Healthy in a Chemical World. And it's uh, written by my guest, who joins me by phone, Um She is a uh, board-certified rheumatologist and integrative medicine physician, Dr. Ailey Cohen. Ailey, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate it.
3: Um, I I was just reading a little something here. It said, um, from the food we eat and the water we drink to chemicals and kids and everything in between, this is a much needed resource for parents and individuals who want to protect themselves and families from harmful exposure. Um, you know, our show is based in Flint, Michigan, and we just got a very harsh um, lesson in the chemicals that that exist and, yeah. and what can exist in water. Um, but what are some of the uh, some of the things that that maybe we don't know that we're being exposed to that that we need to start being on the lookout for?
1: Yeah, well, first I'll begin by saying what happened in, in Flint and what opened everyone's eyes up was really remarkable. And I think um, knowing that it didn't just happen in Flint, I mean, we have lead contamination in Newark, New Jersey, where, you know, I'm in New Jersey. Um, there are parts all over the country that have lead levels that are not being monitored and then also in schools which are really very much unregulated So not just in homes but um you know but i think it really got national attention and brought to light the fact that there's a lot of unseen chemicals in in really a lot of what we do every day and don't think about it and um for instance you know uh... besides drinking water contamination with lead we have a lot of other chemicals that make their way into Uh, drinking water, um, because we have about um, 160,000 treatment plants, uh, you know, wastewater treatment plants in our country that serve us and and turn our our water into drinking water. Um, And then we also have, and that serves about 300 uh, or 250 million people. So m- waste management, w- water treatment plants um, uh, really are quite important for getting quite a bit of chemicals off, about 91. But we have over 90,000 chemicals, industrial chemicals that make their way into streams and lakes and aquifers that will eventually turn into our drinking water. So instead of listing thousands of chemicals, what I try to do is to p- give people some type of, well, what do you do about it, you know, on all these topics. And filtering your water is a really important thing to do in the United States, given that our regulatory um, controls over chemicals in various states and various communities are so variable that we all should really think about um, filtering our water. And then we want to think about air quality as well. A big source of uh, contamination is what we breathe, even not just outside our home. Um, but also inside our home due to a lot of the chemicals we bring into our home, which we don't have to. So cleaning products that air off off of surfaces and air fresheners and laundry detergents, um, personal care products, things we put on our skin, our kid's skin. Um, there's ways to vet them for cleaner versions of what's out there. So, um, So that's what we try to do in the book and not try to scare people but empower them.
3: Well, I want I want to scare people a little bit more um, (laughs) before we go on to some of those things that we can uh, uh, do to be on the lookout, because I, I wanted to bring up how as sort of a way of underscoring your point about all of those things being out there that we might not know about or might not think of as dangerous. And, you know, here in, in Michigan, of course, because of the Flint water crisis, um, there's been all of this focus on lead. And now, all of a sudden, all over the state, people are concerned about and testing for PFAS. Yes.
6: Yeah. And, mm-hmm.
3: I, it, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I would just, I'll just finish up by saying, and, and it just seems like there's always the next thing
1: well, that's that's my frustration. and and you know if you if you read the introduction to the book and how I got into this whole mess of this topic, I mean, this is not natural to med schools or residency programs to understand environmental health, so how environment affects human health. I stumbled into this, uh, and I was not, you know <laughs> what I didn't look for it, trust me. Um, and what I realized and what came from my frustration, um, was really looking around going, how do people not know this? How do people not know that there's no regulation on chemicals or ingredients in personal care products or cleaning products? How do people know that there are over, um, you know, uh, a couple hundred Superfund sites and that many of them are in New Jersey, which is the number one Superfund site of the uh, you know, state in the country, um, first on the list, along with uh, New Jersey and uh, California and Pennsylvania? I mean, how do people not know that, you know we have such poor regulatory issues when it comes to air quality, air pollution, products that aerate off. So you know when you say unseen, I really mean that. I, I actually believe um, from the research, from from what we now know, from third- party sources, um, university studies, academic programs, we really do get uh, quite a load of in, of chemicals that are known to be harmful, um, and they we get them at low doses over a long periods of time sometimes. Uh, but they add up. And they add up to um, health issues, not just asthma acutely um, with obviously cities and, and, and townships that are high in air pollution, outdoor air pollution, but we also get them in our home from chemicals. We also get chronic endocrine disruption um, from many of these chemicals that act like hormones in the human body, which we've discovered this over the last 20 years and very robust science on this. Um, but PFAS chemicals have now risen to the new hot topic in water contamination because these are the per- perfluoralkyls, which is a group of chemicals, and there are uh, over about, I think, 150 or 200 of them that now exist in industrial products um, of all kinds, um, commercial and industrial. And they basically keep things nonstick, grease-proof. I mean, you can think about, you know, fast food wrappers. They cover uh, the, the surface of fast food wrappers, and um, so that the paper doesn't become, you know, leaky and break. Um, we're talking Gore-Tex and any kind of rainproofing, stain-guarding chemicals, non-stick pans. Um, and so these chemicals were designed before they were tested, like so many other chemicals. Even fire country, suppression. Which, correct, correct. Correct. Um, Well, fire, flame retardants, and, um, yeah, I mean, the list goes on and on about these chemicals that are, have a fluorinated, they're fluorinated, so they live forever, they don't break down in the environment, they end up in our waterways after we, you know, get rid of our clothing or we wash our clothing, and that water goes somewhere, Um, and so many of those chemicals from materials and textiles go into um, local bodies of water, and so, these chemicals are now being found in drinking water because, again, they will eventually make their way through groundwater or surface bodies of water into municipal treatment plants. And there's no um, uh, setup or uh, infrastructure to actually remove these chemicals from drinking water. So they do end up in our cups and our glasses. Um, well water is an entirely different beast in, in many ways because there's just no regulations at all. And... The only time we're really regulated, or, or I should say, um, the only time we have to have, by law, our wells checked is when we sell the property. So, you know, you can see there's a lot of room for contamination, not just in well water, but in our municipal tap water, which which is very limited in terms of its regulation.
3: Well, and I, I'm kind of stunned by the realization that until, I think, about 1973, Lead was considered a boon to mankind. Asbestos mm. was in everything. Pain. How about and
1: DDT? DDT is uh, you know the the person who discovered DDT, who I can't remember off the top of my head, actually got a Pulitzer. Uh, is it a Pulitzer Prize for in science or uh, major major award? Um, Nobel. So, you know I nobel I'm sorry. Yep. You see yep. what I mean? I have two kids, so I don't. I don't think clearly all the time. <laughs> but um, I knew it wasn't Pulitzer, but I couldn't pull from what it was. But Nobel Prize. Thank you in science. And so again, you know, we we've made mistakes before, um, and 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 then we have to live with the repercussions. So you know, all these great things like in the plastics, you know, of the 1950s, we had melamine and nongahide and and nylon. Um, gosh, the the list goes on and on and on. Plexiglass. these were all the big big period of, of, of chemical production and plastic production. And we really, um, we wrapped our arms around it. I mean, this is the marketing, but now we know that those chemicals don't break down. They end up in everything we do and also in our bodies, in our breast milk, in our blood, in our urine. Um, and these are measurable now, um, even in the cord blood of newborns, you know, literally babies are being born polluted. The question is, how does that play out in development and cognition and future risk for chronic diseases? So um, there's a lot of information on that now, and and we try to give that in a way that doesn't scare people off, that people can really embrace the science and then know what to do about it, because there's really no guidebook out that we've seen that actually gives people really practical, reasonable um, you know, cost, um, non-prohibitive, you know, ideas and recommendations.
3: And, and you have a, a lot of those in the book and I want to talk about, uh, some of those things. But, um, before we do that though, I, I'm, I'm just curious, how do we look for things we don't know are there?
1: So it's broken down by topics, you know, so there's one chapter on drinking water, you know, and it's the full story. It's where we, how we got into this pickle, you know, where, how our regulations failed us in many ways, what to think about um, in terms of creating our own clean, safe water process or system for our, for ourselves, you know. Um, there's another chapter on personal care, so how to look them up. So, for instance, we, we have a lot of shout outs to very, very reputable groups like Environmental Working Group, Um, who we um, are very happy to share information from. They are a nonprofit that has really um, put together a beautiful list um, on their Skin Deep database um, where they really rate from zero to ten all of the um, personal care products that they can go through. Again, these aren't Ingredients that are released by many of the companies. So you we're talking toxicologists and third third-party, you know, third party, um, you know uh, experimentation and looking through all the chemicals and really trying to find out what's in them. Um, but really, these are the resources that allow us to have some control. Over what we put in our bodies, on our bodies, what we put on our children's skin, um, what we shampoo, after shave. I mean, you can look these products—very, you know, common commercial products. I think they have about seventy-five thousand products now in their database. Um, and so again, it's it's we're trying to suss out all the different best resources, best practices, um, and give that information in ways that people don't feel overwhelmed but can really feel proactive. Um, because we know that when you change behavior, uh, you can see changes in your actual um, biology. You know, from blood samples and urine samples, there's many great studies that we talk about in the book. Um, even eating organic foods, for instance, even though it may not be accessible to everybody, we, we encourage it. Um, frozen organics, um, big box stores now carry them. And that helps people lower those amounts in their urine and blood. Um, and hopefully leads to less risk for chronic conditions like diabetes, uh, cancers, especially hormone driven cancers, um, weight gain, obesity, a lot of these chemicals actually contribute to those conditions.
3: And I want to get into um, some of the specific areas and some of the recommendations. The book is uh, based on scientific evidence and is considered essential because it is filled with resources, tools, tear-off sheets, recipes, and practical, cost-effective tips designed to help people. And there's a list here, and I'm going to start at the bottom of the list, but I have to take a short break here. Ailey, can you uh, st- stand by for about four minutes? And, and uh, Sure. Okay, I'm going to go to break, Absolutely. and then when we come back, we'll, we'll dig down some more on uh, moving forward on these things. Um,
1: Great, thank
3: in the meantime, if you're listening to the show on uh, WFOV 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze in a few words or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. I also want to give you a little tease for tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. And uh, we're going to do our pandemic our segment at 11 o'clock, which is where we talk to musicians about how they're handling uh life under pandemic and Greg Nagy will be our musical guest tomorrow on the show. So stay tuned don't touch that dial don't click that mouse we'll be right back.
2: Hello darling this is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark with Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810 339 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
4: Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490.
5: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit CDC.gov.
0: How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodin flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later.
1: The
7: Program.com Hello, this
3: is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We're talking about a guide to living healthy in a chemical world, as uh, laid out in a new book due out in September called Non-Toxic by uh, Dr. Ailey Cohen, who is uh, with me by phone. Um, Ailey, uh, welcome back and thanks for sticking around.
1: Thank you for having me again, Tom.
3: I I mentioned before the break that uh, we were going to talk about some of the cost-effective tips designed to help people uh, navigate their way around uh, how to live healthy in a chemical world. And and I I have a list here of of things that you talk about in the book. Um, But I want to start with uh, one of the recommendations is to reduce exposure to EMF radiation from cell phones, laptops, and other tech toys at a time when we're doing everything on laptops and cell phones, from business meetings to... At-home uh, learning or online learning for schools that aren't able to open, um, Zoom meetings. How, how, do we, how do we reduce our exposure when, when those devices are our connection to the world?
1: Well, I, you know, I agree. It's, it's kind of really a sad irony to be kind of promoting this reduction in EMF when we really are so reliant on it right now. Um, but really, it's about safe use. It's not stopping necessarily. It's not getting rid of. It's really saying, listen, do I really need to hold that phone in my pocket next to my groin as a man or a woman um, when we know that it actually can reduce not only sperm count but also sperm quality? Um, do I need that laptop sitting directly over my groin instead of on a table, you know, just, just you know, a foot away? Um, should I be carrying cell phones in my bra, like many women do,
2: believe it or not? Um, we now know that they are.
3: I've seen true. that, but I had completely put it out of my mind until just yes. now. Thank you for I that know. image, have, Ailey. Yeah, that <laughs> image, right? I
1: mean, my I have family members that did this until I said, please stop, because we now know that that antenna, under the phone is actually really it's it, it, it's a radiation antenna and so it's it actually narrows it right to the point where there's um there's been findings of um, both benign and cancerous lesions under where that that antenna often sits. So and it's now an NIH study um ongoing. So we know that they're you know they are antennas, they pull radiation. If we were to see them we'd be shocked because really these you know radio frequency waves are ongoing from cell phone towers um but it's really a matter of thinking very clearly about how close you want these type of objects close to your skin to your body to your head Um, And so some really practical tips would be, again, removing the, you know, creating the distance. Um, You know, my boys, I have two young boys, and it's very hard when they're 11 and 13 to really keep their cell phones away from their body. But, boy, I'm I'm graphic. And I say, listen, I want grandkids one day, okay? (laughs) So, (laughs) and I I even get a little bit more um, colorful. But the point is... Um, is that they have a routine. You know, if they're going to use their tech toys, they use it distance from their body. They don't keep on their phones at night. Um, it's on airplane mode, which cuts off that cellular connection. Um, we download games to their phones. so They don't need cellular um, connection. Um, so you can actually play games with the kids. can play games and programs without um, actually having um, the cellular on, the radiation on, so on, on airplane mode. Um in addition, um, you know you can turn off your server at night. I mean, why do we really need ongoing um, connection unless you're, you know, on call at a hospital or you have, you know, ailing patient, you know, parents or something that needs to be urgent if it if they ring or call you. But otherwise, we really don't need that server on um, at night. You can just push the button and make it a routine. Um, so these are just some of the things, you know, we discuss, and there's lots more, that really allow people to use their technology, especially now when we all really need it to stay connected, but to use it safely, and that's the messaging.
3: Do belt holsters help with regard to cell phones?
1: Bell posters. Could you, could Bel- you tell me what that is?
3: Belt holsters.
1: Oh, belt holsters. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, just to keep <laughs> um, the cell phone out of our pockets and bras.
1: Well, listen, you know, if I had to choose out of all the places on your body, I men I prefer even with men, you know, it's hard because they don't typically carry pocketbooks around. But if you had to choose anywhere, I would choose the back pocket, right, because we have a little more tissue back there than we do <laughs> near the groin. Um, but, again, I, you know, I really encourage people to turn on, on airplane mode when they're really not using it. I mean, there was a time we didn't have cell phones. I mean, some of us remember that time. Um, and, you know, we did fine. And so I think that if you can kind of schedule when you're going to check your phones instead of having to carry it on your person, I think that's, that's always a better way to go, not just for the radiation aspects, for the mental health aspects, which, um, you know, there's just so much bad news and, and, and so much coming at you, marketing, and, um, you know, you just, there's a time to really turn it off. And so that goes into the equation, I think.
3: I, I, I remember before cell phones, Ailey, and I still miss yeah. rotary dials. Yeah. There's, in fact, there's, yeah. there's just no way that you can dial a number or hang up angry on cell phones the way you could on yeah. the old rotary dial. You could dial angry, you could hang up angry. Uh, just yeah. doesn't work out that way. Um, you know, we while we were talking about some of the electronic devices and and the EMF radiation, um, we couldn't help brushing up against COVID-19 and and the fact that we're all reliant on those devices to stay in touch with people and to work and so on. Um, But I I wanted to bring up something because one of the tips is how to safely disinfect surfaces from COVID-19. And and, and here's what I want to ask you because when we first started learning about COVID-19 It was older people or people with uh, uh, compromised immune systems or asthma, other breathing problems, um, were the most at risk. And most people believed that children couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if they did, it wasn't severe. And, uh, you know, now those things are changing. One of those myths was... COVID is not transmitted by surface contact. What are we learning about COVID-19, and should we be considering those things, whether there's, uh, there's, there's proof of potential infection or not?
1: Yeah, and uh, disclaimer, everything is moving so fast with COVID that, you know, it, it could be very different tomorrow, whatever's spoken about today, because it's just so novel, it's so new, and this is a first for everybody. So um, I think the fear was um, metered out in the beginning. Um, it was sort of like a, a wide net approach, and I think now we're getting much more information from, um, from Italy and from European countries, as well as different parts of the U.S., um, who have been through it, such as New York and Seattle. And what we're starting to see um, in terms of surface uh, contamination is that, um, you know, the virus can live on surfaces. It can live on certain porous surfaces a little bit longer than it can on, say, metal surfaces, stainless steel, glass um because it doesn't have the crevices to kind of hunker down in um temperature can potentially play a role humidity can play a role um and so the general rule has sort of come out as you know 48 hours on um, stainless steel glass, plastics, but then maybe um, a little bit longer, 72 hours on cardboard and things that are more porous. Um, you know, there's a big distinction and I just um, actually wrote up an article that I'll be posting on the Smart Human, which is my platform, my day-to-day um, social media platform on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, where I post quite a bit of this information in little bits, little nuggets. And we just wrote up Fred and I, Dr. Ramsal, who's an amazing researcher. He's my co-author for this book. Um, we work together on a lot of projects, and this was a write-up that we did for Dr. Andrew Wiles' group um, about the dis- the difference between cleaning and disinfectant, and why that actually really matters as we move forward. Because we know that you know we really need to eradicate the virus, we know how virulent it is, and it's really just a problem. But we also want to make sure we're not using some of the stronger, more harsh disinfectants that may have um, real real clinical harm to us, little real illness risk, um, when we can really simply be cleaning a surface, which is essentially removing the bacteria or the virus from the surface without having to kill it. And I think um, without having to, you know, we don't have the time to go into it in too much detail, we want to just consider the difference, because the difference matters in terms of long-term exposure. Um, as we're heading into schools, um, some some states, communities, um, you know, where they're doing foggers, and, you know, a really just a, a, a variety of chemicals that we know have been tested, many of them to be very quite toxic. Um, it's sort of like an anything-goes approach, a fear. And I think we need to rein that in again, um, and really think about what we're putting on surfaces um, that may aerate off into the air, versus you know onto the onto the desks and chairs and carpeting. We really need to think about those long-term exposures. Um, you know, asthma is a short-term exposure risk, of course, exacerbation, but long-term exposure, we we don't want those affecting you know vulnerable periods of growth and development, particularly in kids. And we kind of lay out what what the recommendations are, what are the thoughts are, the resources, um, um not only in the book, but also again um, on an upcoming piece that I'll be posting on the smart human.
3: is the is ultraviolet light effective as as we've been led to believe in some cases?
1: Well, I've been trying to keep up with this. And again, there's just so many areas to keep up with, with coronavirus. Um, You know, I believe there is some good research coming down the pike on that. And I think that will be one of the least toxic, um, assuming that people don't get, you know, ongoing exposure to UV light, which is its own risk for skin cancers. Um, Well, um, they
3: have to learn to use it without staring into it. (laughs) <laughs> Correct.
1: Correct. I mean it's user dependent, right? Like so many things in our lives. But assuming it's for surfaces and it's areas that um, you know, are really um exposed, I think that it's a it's a really interesting and wonderful way to move forward because we're in this now for a while. And um I just I my heart's just Um, breaks when I see just this sort of um, spraying of chemicals with abandon and not really understanding what what the long-term exposure risks are dermally through the skin, through the lungs, um, and really thinking about that. Because, again, some of the the most important ways to reduce exposure and perhaps even, you know, reaction to COVID by getting it is really to not get it to begin with through hand-washing at least 20 seconds with soap and water, social distancing, masks, I mean, all of the things we've been hearing about for months. And I think we shouldn't give up that um, and just take the easy road of just, you know, chemical, chemical, chemical. And we kind of lay that out in a really reasonable way with, um, with many great resources.
3: Well, I'm fascinated by the, uh, the, the potential of uh, ultraviolet light, um, as, as a way of, of disinfecting things. And, and it kind of seems like barbers and hairstylists were way ahead of us.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, um, it, you know, it, it's a, there's a lot of things coming out of this that we're like, wait a second, that's awesome. They were already into this to begin with. So um, I think you're right. I think uh, we're, we're going to see some, some markets explode because of their their positive, uh, you know, findings. And, and I think that will be very interesting as you move forward.
3: Well, short of uh handheld uh ultraviolet um, spotlights to to clean our homes with, you recommend uh some do it yourself cleaning product recipes in the book um, what What does that look like and is that um, from stuff that people are likely to have around the house or do they have to to get some some specific uh, do they have to stock up on some special things
1: yeah I think most of us would say that white vinegar is not not too hard to come by these days um, so white vinegar which you can get at any big-box store um, you know it's usually sold around 4% concentration for food but 5% for cleaning um, but either one works and white vinegar is really quite effective at cleaning a variety of, um, of surfaces um, is it entirely beneficial and helpful for co- coronavirus is, is not entirely clear. But in terms of cleaning, again, removing virus from surfaces, it is is absolutely effective as is soap of wa- and soap and water, um, using real lemon juice, which is very acidic, um, you know, sea salt for scrubbing. Um, ovens and that type of thing. So again, in terms of COVID, it's kind of a separate category which we lay out. But we really want people to think about long-term cleaning solutions um, that are really based on just old-fashioned stuff your grandma used to use, perhaps um, that really is not toxic and um, is very cost-in inefec- you know, cost-effective. Now, for those of us who are busy, like myself with kids, and you know, just don't really have time to create concoctions. Um, which are, again, very simple to do, but, again, take time, you know, there are certainly brands that we can look up that are perfectly safe. And, again, also EWG, Environmental Working Group, um, EWG.org has a wonderful um, uh, way to look up those products. And um, so we rely on the people that do the work, the toxicologists, to really help us out with those kind of recommendations.
3: You also talk about uh, decoding product and food labels. Um, and as I thought of that as you were talking about some of the commercial cleaning products being safer than others. Um, in the process of trying to understand product and food labels, uh, it seems like there are a lot of things claiming to be something they're not. Um, either non-GMO or... Um, Let's see. What's what's one of my favorite? Uh, oh, free range.
1: Natural, all natural. Yeah, all natural,
3: yeah. free range. Yeah. What are, what are some of the other ones? Um, but but there are several that have become marketing microbial. things.
1: microbial. Yeah, yeah, sure. I They've mean, become marketing.
3: marketing gimmicks as people yeah. become more concerned about what they're eating.
1: And listen, things like antimicrobial might appeal to many people because they're afraid, because they think that microbes are a problem, but for the people in the health and wellness and research communities, we know that microbes are actually really helpful to the human body, not the pathologic ones like COVID, but the majority of every other um, bacteria, the trillions that we've been living with for millions of years. So, you know, we have to be careful about eradicating the things that actually keep our bodies healthy in our gut, our gut microbiome. But, yeah, I mean, labeling is a really tricky issue. And, again, there's very limited regulation in the U.S., and people don't realize that. The only real um You know, I would say uh, labeling that has any teeth in this country that has real criteria um, is is organic. Believe it or not, USDA organic actually fits a criteria on their packaging if it's on the front of the packaging versus on the back, um, has has different percentages of organic ingredients, which we go into in non-toxic, our book. But, you know, in general, if I had to, you know, paint one, uh, label that I think is something to to think about when purchasing products uh, moving forward, I would say not, not personal care, but really food products is really where the teeth are, is organic. And um, the beauty is that many big box stores in many parts of this country that had no access to organic foods now do due to the um, frozen organics, which are just as nutritious and have less chemicals. So we really, you know, encourage... Uh, flash-frozen or frozen uh, organic produce, um, fruits and vegetables. There's so much you can get now um, if you can't access, you know, fresh organics. Um, And even growing organic seeds is very valuable in good soil. So um, other than that, natural means nothing. Um, You know, uh, I guess antibacterial is just saying that they have some type of process by killing bacteria, which we want to really be careful of um in many of those like triclosan which many of us have heard of in in kind of antibacterial dial or or some of the liquid soaps they were removed they were removed because of the harm from triclosan um mm. in 2016 unfortunately triclosan is still in uh, over 2000 products in cutting boards in plastics that we use to um, prepare food um in uh, bar soap in many body washes um, and triclosan is really considered pretty quite harmful. Uh, it's an endocrine disruptor. It gets into our system very quickly. Um, and it's basically an antibiotic. And uh, and I would, you know, as the book says, really think about anything that is antimicrobial, if it's necessary or not.
3: Well, I we're um, getting close to the end of our time, Ailey, and I wanted to come full circle and get back to uh, drinking water, which um, you said in the early part of our conversation that you thought uh, Americans should be filtering their water. Um, and, and I want to ask about that a little bit because of the experience that we had here in Flint. Uh, people have become very aware of uh, different kinds of uh, water filtration systems. Is, is there one that's that's easy to use, safe, and um, you don't have to be a brainiac to, to operate it or um, do a lot of maintenance, like frequent, uh, uh, what would it be, filter changing? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, my, my, my feeling is that any filtration that you can undertake, and we go through all the different types, is very helpful. Um, carbon filtering is, or carbon block is typically what people think of when they think of pitchers or faucets. Um and those are pretty good. Those are pretty um, they, they take a, a, a decent amount of lead and a variety of other chemicals, certainly detergents, um, some of those out as well. They vary in terms of their certification, which contaminants they are able to block. Um, and the company will be able to better express that. Um, but, you know, that's one easy way to go. Um, however, by the time you pay for all of the, the filter changes, you might as well consider something such as a reverse osmosis water filter. And that's sort of the other extreme, which really is aggressive about cleaning water. The interesting thing about RO filters, and people are afraid of them because they think they have to get a whole house filter system for six, $7,000. And what we now see is that the market has um, created great companies that are on consumer reports um, or vetted through certification that actually are cost-effective around $200, $250, $300 that you can use right in your sink, underneath your sink. And, um, and really they cost about let's see, 250 to buy, about $150 for a plumber to put in. And in one hour and about $40 per year, more or less, to change out the filters. And by the time you get done paying that, um, you really kind of paid it off, you know, bringing home plastic bottles, which are not so great for the human body or for the environment. You've paid off some of these pitcher filters, uh, pitchers, I should say, that have all the drop-ins because that adds up. Um, And so, really, I make the arguments on a lot of different ways with these different filter types, but I personally recommend a reverse osmosis water filter. It's just the most aggressive way that a consumer in the U.S. can clean their drinking water. Um, But, again, we lay it all out because I want people to know that there's all different varieties for themselves and their families.
3: My guest is uh, Dr. Ailey Cohen. She is the author of a new book called Non-Toxic Guide to Living Healthy in a Chemical World, which comes out in September of uh, this year, 2020, and um, obviously the book is a great place to start, Ailey, but uh, for people who've been listening to us, are there some resources you recommend for learning more about some of the things that we're, we're talking about? And I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and other work like your upcoming book. So um, what are some resources and do you have a website?
1: Sure, yeah. So, thanks for asking. So, the book is actually coming out in one week, a week and a half, September 8th, that time period. So, it's actually li- literally ready to launch, and I'm very excited about it. Um, the website that I recommend people to follow is really my, the one I set up for um, all things health, uh, disease prevention, environmental health, called thesmarthuman.com. Um, and on Facebook, if people want to get Monday, Wednesday, Friday nuggets of really high-yield, easy-to-understand information on everything from mental health uh, to gut microbiome to baby food choices, products, um, you know, anything nutrition, integrative medicine, that's on The Smart Human on Facebook as well as on Instagram, The Smart Human, and Twitter. So, um, you know, that's actually our landing page as well, TheSmartHuman.com. So really hope people will check it out because that's filled with a lot of great information and resources.
3: Well, Ailey, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning, and best of luck with the uh, book and the launch. Um, we're going to be taking a short break here in just a moment, but uh, thanks again, Ailey.
1: My pleasure, and thanks for getting the word out, because this is really important stuff, especially now in, in what we're going through. So, so thank you again, Tom.
3: Okay, bye-bye. And we'll be back with the final segment of today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program straight ahead.
1: (laughs) This is the Unknown Comic.
3: And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now.
5: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your healthcare provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed (laughs) or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates. Social and physical distancing can help save lives. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council.
2: Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go.
8: Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So, what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the
5: uneasy
6: feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling?
3: Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I
1: would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone? If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right.
3: Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the twilight zone. I'm in
9: the twilight zone. Now, having
5: made this little jaunt into the
7: twilight zone. I got a feeling something strange is about to
6: happen. In the twilight zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I accept your nomination for vice president of the United States of America.
7: This administration has shown it will tear our democracy down if that's what it takes for them to win. So we have to get busy building it up by pouring all our efforts into these 76 days and by voting like never before.
6: This can't be another woulda, coulda, shoulda election. If you vote by mail, request your ballot now and send it back right away. If you vote in person, do it early. Become a poll worker. Most of all, no matter what, vote there is no vaccine for racism we've got to do the work for george floyd for brianna taylor for the lives of too many others to name for our children donald trump's ignorance and incompetence
0: have always been a danger to our country COVID-19 was Trump's biggest test. He failed miserably.
1: Today, America has the most COVID deaths in the world and an
0: economic collapse. And both crises are falling hardest on black and brown families. I've seen firsthand Donald Trump's disrespect for facts, for working families, and for women in particular. Disrespect written into his policies toward our health and our rights not just his conduct.
7: This president and those in power, those who benefit from keeping things the way they are, they are counting on your cynicism. They know they can't win you over with their policies. So they're hoping to make it as hard as possible for you to vote and to convince you that your vote does not matter. That is how they win.
6: I've been guided by the words I spoke From the first time I stood in a courtroom. Kamala Harris for the people. To the young people watching, don't give up on America. Despite our flaws and problems, we've come so far. We can still be a more just, equal country with opportunities previous generations could never have imagined. Donald Trump is destroying our country and everything we care about. We need leaders who will solve problems like climate change and COVID, not deny them. We stay
1: in this fight so that when our children and our grandchildren ask what we did during this dark chapter in our nation's history,
2: we will be able to look them squarely in the eye and say, we organized, we persisted, and we changed America. Do not
7: let them take away your power. Do not let them take away your democracy. We are going to bring those words in our founding documents to life.
6: Let's fight with conviction. Let's fight with hope. Let's fight with confidence in ourselves and a commitment to each other. To the America we know is possible.
9: Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer might surprise you to be hearing from me some smoke show Midwestern governor nobody heard about till a couple weeks ago, but governors are kind of having a moment right now. And while other govs get cool nicknames like Daddy Cuomo and Gavin Choke-Me-King Newsome, Trump refers to me as that woman from Michigan, but I'm not offended because I am proud to be from Michigan. And that woman is also what Trump calls his wife. <laughs> hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm nursing all the bats because even though most frickin' governors are laying down restrictions because of the virus, mine are somehow too far. Now, you may have heard about the protesters that gathered in the streets of our capital for Ted Nugent cosplay last week. Look, people, it's live free or die, not live free and die. And Trump advisor Stephen Moore is comparing these protesters to Rosa Parks. Yeah, if Rosa Parks was fighting for her right to get hit by a bus. Sorry, that's a little bats talking. But I support all Americans and Michiganders' freedom of speech. So if you got to protest, here are some tips on how to do it safely. Number one, stay home. I promise you can call me a bitch from the safety of your couch. It's called Twitter. So if you must head outside, maintain proper social distancing. That means six feet apart at all times. So if the tip of your AK-47 can touch the tip of your buddy's AK, back up. And please, wear face masks, but not a joker mask. And and not a clown mask, and absolutely no masks that come with a hood. Now, like you, I have heard the rumors that I'm on the shortlist to be Joe Biden's vice president, the VP's beep. Because if it's going to be a woman, that might as well be that woman. But my sole priority is my home state because we're not out of the woods. We never will be. We live in Michigan. And to anyone that stands in the way of the health and safety of my constituents, I'll remind you, the Michigan is a mitten, right? And this, this is where I live. Oh dang it, they're throwing dog crap at my door. Knock it off! I'll throw it back! I did it last time, too. You know I will.
3: be your dog. All I can do and say is hey
7: Hey, hey, you lost your good thing now Hey, hey, you lost your good thing now Look at you girl, all I can do and say is hey
3: wrapping up today's edition of the Tom Sumner program with, uh, well, we started that segment with um, some highlights from uh, last night's session at the uh, Democratic National Convention, including uh, the acceptance of the vice presidential nomination by Senator Kamala Harris. And uh, then we had a little fun with uh, our own governor Gretchen Whitmer, who gave her speech at the convention Monday night. But that was uh, Cecily Strong doing her impression for Saturday Night Live, and music by Greg Nagy, who is our musical guest tomorrow. Just a little uh, little tease there for uh, tomorrow's show. Want to say thanks to all the guests today. Boy, it was a packed show. Dr. Michael Greger and uh, author. Uh, Tom Hartman in the uh, first hour. In the second hour, of course, we talked with uh, Coach Kahn. And I'm going to try and say this name one more time. Konstantinos Apostolopoulos about uh, his book, Seven Keys to Navigating a Crisis. And then finally, we uh, spoke this uh, last hour with uh, Dr. Ailey Cohen author of non-toxic a guide to living healthy in a chemical world got a great show uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about your uh, uh your brain on food <laughs> with dr uma naidu anyway uh gotta wrap it up there but i'll see you tomorrow good night everybody the
0: tom sumner program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show